What's up, guys? Matias here from SFS. I know you've missed us. I know it's been a while. We're sorry. Life got a little crazy there. But Ben and I will be back next week for a podcast. And here I am debuting a little show we're going to be calling SFS Daily, Second Floor Sports Daily. We'll be coming at you just about every day throughout the week with what you missed yesterday in sports, what to expect for tomorrow, and some of our favorite things that happened in between then we'll be releasing them around this time maybe a little earlier each day so you can grab it with your breakfast with your lunch i don't know how late you wake up i don't care so watch it whenever you want we'll be having all the videos on instagram that's where they'll be posted and also of course always on spotify and apple Podcasts. we'll start with the nfl who had their schedule released yesterday and hats off to the nfl they know how to keep the media coverage on their side throughout the day they had a new format where they released the week one schedule at 8 a.m. And then the rest of it came later in their official show. And look, everyone was talking about the NFL schedule release yesterday. So hats off to them. And of course, they know that the schedule is going to be, you know, leaked a little bit in between then. And they know that everyone's going to be talking about it. But let's get to some of the matchups <clears throat> that I liked from the NFL release schedule. We'll start with week four, which, of course, if you listen to SFS, you know I'm a Patriots fan. It's Bats, Bucks, Week four, it's Brady's debut, it's Brady's return, I should say, to Foxborough. They waited until week four. Of course, hats off to the NFL for not scheduling that for last year when they're not going to have fans because they would have wasted it. Um, the biggest thing that I saw from this uh, on Twitter, I don't remember what page tweeted it out, but it said that Brady needs only 1,154 yards to pass Drew Brees for the all-time passing yards record. Of course, Drew Brees retiring after last season. Brady averaged just a hair over 289 passing yards per game last season. So if you're good at math, you can figure out that if Brady hits that mark in each game in this upcoming season, he would break the all-time passing yards record, which he's expected to hold down for a while. He'd break it in Foxborough week four. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that game. It's going to be emotional. I'm probably going to be wildly depressed throughout it. Uh, Brady tweeting out a little earlier that it's like his high school friends meeting his college friends. So I'm already in my bag about that one, but obviously going to be great for everyone to see that. I'll move on to the Chiefs now, which they have an interesting schedule because they have a couple of really big matchups. Of course, the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl, a little bit of a stinker to the Bucks. obviously expected to be in contention for the AFC crown and the Super Bowl once again. I think we'd all be surprised if they don't at least make it back to the Super Bowl this season. They take on the Browns week one and the Browns, it's been... 500 years since they've won a week one matchup so interesting that they get that matchup uh, but Chiefs Brown week one of course they've met in the playoffs and the Chiefs won should be an interesting one then they get the Ravens in week two and look there's a Ravens team that will start getting into disappointment territory if they can't make the Super Bowl this season so a big early test for both teams then you go to week five where the Chiefs are going to meet the Bills of course they beat the Bills in the AFC Championship game, and then Week 9, they take on the Packers, and we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be. I assume it's probably still going to be with the Packers when it's all said and done, but we will wait to see if Aaron Rodgers is still there. That's an awesome matchup between Patty Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Some games that caught my attention from Week 1 in the NFL, we start with Jets-Panthers. I didn't think I'd be saying that, um, but think Jets-Panthers. That's the return of Sam Darnold against his former team, and a little uncomfortable for Zach Wilson, a little unfair that he has to face the quarterback that he's ultimately replacing in week one because week ones are usually pretty rough for rookie quarterbacks, especially with, you know, things not fully recovered from COVID. Um, it's just not completely normal. So a big test for Zach Wilson. I 
you know, of course, don't expect New York media to overreact to that one if Wilson doesn't play well, right? I kid. Um, other games to watch, the Bucks start their title defense against the Cowboys, and that's the first game that Dak is going to be playing since suffering that awful ankle injury. You also have Cardinals-Titans, which is a really good game, Seahawks-Colts, and Packers-Saints. So we get our first look at, you know, do the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers? I think so at that point, and we also get our first look at Saints post Drew Brees. Also, week four, we get um, we get Lawrence versus Burrow, matchup of the two number one overall picks, Burrow from last season, of course, Trevor Lawrence from this season. Jags, Bengals will probably not be a very good game. Um, and obviously, we have to wait to see if Joe Burrow is going to be back at that point. I think the initial reports are they will be back at that point, but fingers crossed we're not robbed of that. I want to move on to Monday Night Football now because the first four weeks suck, but after that, it's some of the best games that you could possibly imagine. We'll start with those first four weeks. You have Ravens-Raiders, Lions-Packers, Eagles-Cowboys, which is entertaining but not for good quality usually, uh, and then Raiders-Chargers. After that, we're going to go from week five to week 17. We have Colts-Ravens, Bills-Titans, Saints-Seahawks, Giants-Chiefs, Bears-Steelers, and that one might not be a great game, but think at that point Justin Fields might be starting don't know what the Steelers are going to look like this season, so it's kind of a changing of the guards for either team there. Then Rams-Niners, Giants-Bucks, which had a really good game last season. I believe that was also on Monday Night Football. Always fun to see Giants versus Brady, unless you're a Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan. Um, then we move to Week 12, Seahawks-Washington football team. I expect the football team to win the division, so that should be a really good game. Pats-Bills, Week 13, always entertaining. And then week 14, we get into the really interesting ones. Rams, Cardinals, Vikings, Bears, which that one doesn't really help my cause. Um, but Dolphins, Saints, and Browns, Steelers rounding it out. So all in all, Monday Night Football, which struggled last season with the product because, you know, they had a new broadcast team and trying to recover from having Booger McFarlane there. Um, I kid, but it wasn't a very good broadcast team. They did a much better job this season, but their slate was up and down as, as it is for Thursday Night Football too, but... It looks like Monday Night Football should be really good this season and feature some really, you know, must-watch TV, which is fantastic for the NFL and obviously for ESPN. We're going to move on to the NBA now. James Harden made his return last night after missing the last 18 games, although he had played four minutes in the last three games before that. Of course, returning against the Spurs, which is a trend that happens, I guess, that star players return against the Spurs. Scored 18 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Obviously not the James Harden we're used to seeing, but it was his return, and he looked really comfortable in his game. And he had even had a quote after the game that said, yeah, no, I wasn't too surprised that I was comfortable in the game because I'm good at this game, which obviously hot take from uh, James Harden, the couple-time scoring champion and MVP. Um, there was a moment where he kind of stuck his leg out at DeJounte Murray, um, for the Spurs, and they have beef, those two. It was a matchup two or three seasons ago at this point when James Harden was still on the Rockets. Of course, Spurs and Rockets, a rivalry in Texas, but they got in each other's face, and DeJounte Murray even pointed in his face. Uh, he had a tweet that he actually deleted at this point, did DeJounte Murray, that said, you're lucky I'm seeing this now and not in the moment where it happened. You can go back and watch the video and make your own you know, opinion on if you think it was on purpose. Didn't really seem like it, but you do kind of see DeJounte Murray in the air. James Harden kind of kicking that leg out a little bit. Um, so just excited to watch them play again because those two guys really 
do not like each other. So we'll update on what the standings look like now at the bottom of the West. Um, the Pelicans were eliminated because Luka nearly hung a 30-point triple-double on them. I think they had a 33-8-8 eight and eight in Doncic and Pelicans. Disappointing season finally coming to an end. The Spurs are in 10th right now. The only other team that can challenge them for that play-in spot are the Kings. Um, the Spurs need either one win or one Kings loss over the next three games to secure their spot. So all in all, it'll probably be the Spurs that end up making it in. Um, they play the Knicks tonight at 7.30, I believe, and the Kings play Memphis tonight as well. I believe that's at 8. Memphis still has things to play for there in the 9 spot as of right now, trying to move up to 8 and overtake the Warriors and try to get closer and closer to avoiding being in the play-in or you know, not having to win two games. And this will probably be a, a daily spiel for me. Um, as long as the play-in exists, this is great for the NBA. It's great for the brand. Um, people care if you care about the NBA, about Kings, Memphis. You know, one week away from the season being over, the play-in is fantastic. Obviously, if your team is in that position, you don't think so. But it's great for the NBA, and honestly, that's undeniable at this point. Huge shout-out to the Knicks, making their first playoff appearance since 2013 after the Celtics lost yesterday. And look, I'm from New York. I'm not a Knicks fan, but the NBA is just more fun and more exciting when there's, you know, good basketball being played in the garden because it's so important to the NBA and the product as a whole. So huge shout out to the Knicks. Don't know what they'll be able to do in the playoffs, um, depending on what seed they end up falling in. I mean, if they have to play the Bucks in the first round, for example, it's probably going to be toast at that point. Um, but a super successful season for the Knicks, you know, overcoming Every expectation that people have put for them, I think it's a no-doubter. Sorry to Monty Williams. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has to be the coach of the year. There are nine games tonight. Um, only one of them doesn't really matter. So, again, going back to that play-in, every game matters at this point, which might have not been the case in other seasons. Raptors-Bulls doesn't really mean anything, although the Bulls are not mathematically eliminated from things. So, if you really care, uh, that game does have some, some significance. Um, a couple games to watch. Spurs-Knicks at 7.30. We talked about that one already. Uh, Sixers-Heat at 7.30 as well. Jimmy Butler playing against his former team. Always must-watch TV. And both teams kind of fighting for playoff seeding. Kings-Grizzlies at 8. We talked about that one. And the Blazers and Suns at 10. Two teams also fighting for seeding. In the MLB, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, Garrett Cole, another really impressive outing. Eight scoreless innings, striking out 12. And... A lot of the talk has been about how good DeGrom has been a sub-1 ERA this season. And look, DeGrom, I think, is a better pitcher than Garrett Cole. But Garrett Cole, undeniably, has been lights out, has been fantastic this season. Again, 12 strikeouts, 8 scoreless innings. And the Yankees finally win a series at Tampa Bay. Uh, Cole improving to 5-1. and one. The Mets also got a win yesterday over the Orioles. Taiwan Walker, who they didn't even sign until after pitchers and catchers had reported to spring training improves to three and one with a 220 ERA, um, just shutting down the Orioles completely. But the big story from that was Matt Harvey making his long-awaited debut uh, return, I should say, to City Field. Uh, you know, the Dark Knight era very over in New York, and Matt Harvey very far from the pitcher that he used to be when he was with New York, but. He got a standing ovation. The New York fans received him well. The New York media received him really well. And he got, you know, a little teared up after talking about how much it meant to him, not only to be back, but that they should have that reaction. Of course, Matt Harvey meant so much to this team when they made the World Series. Um, things ended on a sour note. And there were some things between the Mets and the and the between the Mets and Harvey that kind of soured that relationship. But all in all, it's important that he was received well. And it was just good to see. 
Um, and my thing to watch tonight in the MLB is going to be Jared Kelnick, the number four overall prospect in the MLB. Of course, all of us Mets fans are very aware of who Kelnick is and what his potential is. Again, the number four overall prospect in the MLB is expected to make his big league debut tonight against the Indians at 10. And I'll round things out with the favorite thing that I saw from yesterday. Honorable mention to Matt Harvey returning to City Field and the ovation that he got. But the winner for favorite thing that I saw is Ajax, the Dutch champions in soccer. Um, they played 30 out of their 34 games this season in, fr in front of an empty stadium. No fans. Um, unable to celebrate another league championship because of COVID. Can't have a parade. So what do they do? They go back and they actually melted down the trophy that they got for winning um, the title. And they made 42,390 little individual stars that they gave out to every Ajax season holder to thank them for their financial support to the club. Of course, soccer has been absolutely destroyed by the COVID-19 you know, financial implications, which... You know, that, that, that's for another podcast. Um, but, you know, Ajax, really good on them to go back and recognize that the fans have been a lot of help financially, even though they haven't been able to get to these games. So giving them those little individual stars and saying that you're really part of this team, very easily the favorite thing that I saw. That's going to do it for today's edition of SFS Daily, May 13th. I have to check the date real quick. Didn't know. We will see you guys tomorrow and next week for our podcast.